Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode three of season five of the Harmful Habits podcast. Today, we discuss the use of psilocybin as a psychological treatment, empathy in animals, some theories from Deb, and much more. But first, our good friend, Elevation Beats. So episode three, season five. Sounds no, right. episode four, right? Three, I think three. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Jamisa and I are gonna try and pay a bit more attention to the camera today because I think we've been ignoring it. So is everyone ready? Let's do it. I mean, you ready? I guess so. How was your week, I mean? Really good, I think. I like the weather a lot, and you know, this kind of medium-ish weather. I know you don't like weather talk, but yeah, I was. I was falling asleep a little bit there. <laughs> and Jamisa said we were a bit harsh on you last week. Were we? Did you feel that? No, I thought it was all jokes. Or was it more serious? <laughs> <laughs> now you're wondering perhaps if there was more to it. Maybe I'll revisit and get offended. I always overthink things, sir. <laughs> all right. So, so you're good? You're put back together? I believe so. And your relationship's still intact after our probing? Eh. Probing's in it. Not a great word, is it? It's like moist. What? <laughs> Probing and moist? Mm-hmm. Right, if you ever want to annoy the hell out of Ben, just use the word moist. It drives him nuts. So to start with on today's show, Deb would like to share her own um, conspiracy theory. She said that I do not represent her conspiracy theories well. So let's see if she's available. And if not, we'll just go into the show. And we can misrepresent more of her conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say what you have her listed as? Hello? <laughs> you are live on the podcast, Miss Deb. Oh, shit. You ain't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, you said you're live. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So we are in the segment of... Deb's conspiracy theories. You felt like... I know you don't like the word conspiracy theories, but... It's theories. Deb's theories about reality. Thank you for supporting me, Teresa. That's okay. Yep, you and Donald Trump both have some alternative truths. Oh, my God. Just saying. All right, so Deb, tell us about this week's not conspiracy theory. Why? Just doesn't make sense. <laughs> what part? <laughs> but they found they have found fossils. They say they found a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, any questions? Because last time you guys asked me a bunch of questions about Deb's conspiracy theory. I mean, sorry, non-conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. which I had a hard time answering. I mean, we played a uh, bingo game where they had like dino poop on it. Did that mean? Did that mean nothing to you, Miss Deb? Were you no. playing that game with our kids without even being genuinely present? I was present, but do I believe that dinosaurs are walking around? 
So why do you think they wanted us to believe dinosaurs walked around? I feel like there's so many things they want us to believe we're walking around. Mm -hmm. So specifically, though, why do you think they wanted us to believe dinosaurs walked around? Uh, I don't really know the answer to that question. You're not do in the bathroom right now, right? Do you think they're right just, now, like, right? too big to actually, like, be walking around? Did you think they were just too big, the the dinos, to actually just be walking around Earth? Yeah. Hmm. So, so your giant. lack of imagination means <clears throat> other people are lying. I believe that they were giant people. <laughs> oh my God! Huh? Wait, 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 wait! wait, wait, wait like, we need more wait. material for next week, Deb. Don't. <laughs> wait a minute. So you believe in like a Bigfoot? Well, yeah, like, I that's realistic. They were giant, giant people. Like when you look at. Um, Oh my gosh. So <laughs> one of our viewers on TikTok, Deb, says there are actual bones of them for proof. Yeah. I'm with you, viewer. And then they then they have the uh, face plant emoji twice. Bones of, wait, bones of giant people or dinosaurs? Uh, I think I at think this point, dinosaurs. dinosaurs. I don't think, yeah, giant people? Yes. Well, if the giant people look like dinosaurs, wouldn't they still be dinosaurs? If the giant people look like dinosaurs, wouldn't they then be considered dinosaurs? No, they were giant people. Oh my goodness. I'm pretty sure I saw a T Rex in DC. Deb, you know, I support you in a lot of your theories. This one, like, I don't know, but why do you I say that know. with pride? What? Jamisa says with pride that she supports you in a lot of her theories. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, this things could be possible, but I think that's where my theory comes from when it comes to like dinosaurs. Is that I believe more that there were giant people walking around. But how come we haven't found giant people like uh, fossils? I feel like we have. They have seen footprints. All right, I, I think we have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are you coming over tonight, Deb? Sounds good. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is hilarious. And for those of you who enjoy Miss um, Deb's non-conspiratorial theories, she may be a guest host on the show soon when Jamise is absent. That might be the funniest thing I've ever heard. The giant people? Yes. But not giant animals. Interesting. All right. Who's ready to jump into the show? I mean, any dad jokes before we get moving? No, I was canceled. You guys told me I was not uh, funny. That's right. Yeah, that's true. And to stop considering fatherhood due no. to my lack of dad jokes. So next up, I have um, Jamisa. You wanted to ask Amina a question about possible superpower. Oh, yeah. So what is your superpower? That I wait, have wait, right now? That's not how it's set up. So let me go back. There is, I was watching this uh, video on TikTok actually yesterday, and this lady was saying like her superpower. And so her superpower is being able to tell the truth. Like she just, she's always going to speak her mind um, and she does it in a way that's kind, but she also, like she doesn't hold back. So there's something that Jim, needs to Jimmy's be said. blowing this story completely. What? The whole point of that lady's post was your superpower is what people dislike about you. Huh? 
Okay, interesting. So, so for this lady, it's her directness. People really struggle with her directness, hmm. but that's her superpower in life. But that's do you not? Contribute. And so I sent it to Ben because I think that's his superpower in life. Is the what directness. sending TikToks? No, that you're direct, and this is a thing I think that people struggle with. Hmm. By people, do we mean lesser mortals? Anyways, do you have a superpower, you think? So what somebody dislikes the most about what, me? people, people in, in general? general? I don't know. My lack of ability to feign interest in things I don't care about. So your genuineness, your authenticity. There we go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, so what you said you, you, you said struggle it. to fake about things that you don't have interest in? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just being authentic, right? I guess so. Yeah. It's probably why you and I get along so well. Yeah, Maybe. Just incredibly authentic people who help balance Jamisa's mm. inauthenticity. Oh, oh, my goodness. That might make her shoe. We're at the beginning of the damn show. All right. So I don't know what my along. superpower is. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Um, cleaning. Oh, my God. That's so terrible. You clean obsessively. Okay. So then you could reframe that. You clean obsessively. Maybe my inability to be able to sit still. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always on the go. Like I'm doing something, needing to do something, needing to move. Yep. Um, without you, I don't think our family would function very well. That's true. I mean, emotionally, we'd all be solid. <laughs> <laughs> but we may not have a, uh, an outfit to wear. No, I do struggle to like sit still. Right. I mean, what do you think Jamisa's superpower is? What drives you crazy about her that you think might be a superpower? I don't know. I don't know. I think it is the the using your ADHD to your benefit, right? Like bouncing around Did doing a bunch of stuff. Did he just you as ADHD? I think she oh, mentioned I've, 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 I've outed myself several times about ADHD. <laughs> so I was talking to this lady this morning during her one-on-one -on -one about neurospiciness. And um, she's like, I, I, I'm not. Neurospicy? I'm like, why would you see being neurospicy as a negative? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she said she was completely unaware of that blind spot she had. Yeah. Like the desire to not be considered mm -hmm. neurospicy. I, I sent this funny um, video to a friend of ours, um, and it was about, like, did you take your meds if you have ADHD? <laughs> and it's where so me. It's like, wait a minute. I have my bottle in my hand and I have a glass. Did I take the meds? I can't remember if I took the meds. If I take another more. And it's like they're having the, the um, it was like this cartoonish thing about like having a meltdown about if they took the meds, was it going to be too much? I'm like, this is my life. Like I will literally take my meds and I'm like, did I take my meds just now? And I'll have to like really go back in my mind and think. And I'm like, I just walked out of the bathroom and I can't remember if I took medication. Oh, it's like you're holding the bottle in your hand yes. and a glass of water in your hand, but you're not yep. sure if yeah. you put the pill. Like yeah. I have put the bottle back down and walked out the bathroom and walked back in. I'm like, I don't know if I took them. Hmm. That's an ADHD thing? Yes. I <laughs> I think I'm, I mean, we've been telling you this for like since we've known you. I know, but it's it's weird. Wait, hearing so do you example. have negative beliefs about? No, not at all. I just have no idea what I am. Mm. Oh, you're and neuro so, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I, I hear some ADHD stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm that. Then I hear OCD stuff. I'm like, maybe I'm that. Then but some could you be all stuff. of these things? I have no idea. You can. Okay, so I guess I can. Super spicy. But when we took the autism test together, you, mm -hmm. you scored quite low on it. Yeah, I failed. I, I definitely, I told you this, like you definitely have similar traits to someone who is ADHD. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so more and more I'm starting to You're think. like the best of Jamiso and I mixed together. Aw. But you said I'm ADHD too, right? Ish. Ish. More autism-ish mm-hmm. than ADHD-ish. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. The first article we're going to discuss today, Oregon now offers psilocybin therapy. Here's what one of the first patients experienced. So this was in the Oregon version of NPR. And um, I think you're seeing these articles pop up more and more. But basically, treatment centers are now opening up in Oregon to treat depression and anxiety with psilocybin or mushrooms. I've also seen this in the hospice world. And I've also seen this in the um, veteran world. There's a new... So this is the state of just opening up just different, I guess, mm-hmm. what would they be considered? like private treatment? treatment centers. Okay. But they use in addition to counseling and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw, I got an email from the uh, Veterans Association. What, what, what's that called? VA? VA, thank you. <laughs> yeah, oh, Veterans Lord. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> By the way, I got bronchitis this week, so performing. Oh my god. You cannot cough in a mic, but it's the Michael Jordan flu game. And um but yeah, so in the VA, there's a new podcast starting by the VA, which blew my mind, about psilocybin for PTSD treatment. Wow. Yeah. The whole podcast is gonna be about that. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So what are your thoughts? Psilocybin for depression, anxiety, PTSD, existential pain. Oh, I'm I'm for it. I think it's great. Um, I also, I think I sent you an article. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Earlier today, um, about uh, MUSC mm-hmm. is trying to get approval. I think through the FDA now, um, to to start using um, psilocybin. And I think what is it? M. What is the what's the actual name for Molly's? MD ecstasy MDMA MD and MA um, because they I think at U- MUSC have been treating people with the same thing PTSD OCD um, even with um, substance abuse disorder um, and they have found it to be very beneficial so I I think it's great because I think there are people in terms of like uh, a mental health treatment that. You can only do but so much, mm-hmm. you know, right? I think through. Um, so, talk- as a counselor, you're admitting the failure of the mental health counseling. Field I think there's to a limit adequately address these issues at times to what you can do. Yeah, I I do. Mm-hmm. I think there's some clients who you can't like you therapy talk therapy can only do but so much. Even if they're taking medication like that mm-hmm. is going to help but so much. Um, and what they have found, I think through that study and what I've read. Um, not just what I read MUSC today, but other articles that they've had um, from MUSC, like how beneficial and how that's helped over anything else for a lot of client, a lot of patients. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I love about it is how much it reinforces just what we're learning about spirituality in the brain and everything, and that when people take these mind-altering substances, they realize, oh. Like, especially from the hospice world, I don't really die. There was nothing there to die anyway. I'm just part of the universe, and my brain fragments me from that universe. And that's just an optical illusion. And so all that existential pain goes away. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All that fear of, I'm about to die. Because mm-hmm. in the West, we're taught you are your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you don't have your thoughts, if you don't have your cognitive abilities, do you exist? What happens after death? And obviously, you have different religious interpretations of that. But I love that people are having these experiences where it really helps them manage that existential pain. Um, because as you're dying, 
there's so much you have to experience in terms of physical pain, in terms of stress for your family, changes they're going to have to experience to add existential pain to it too. It's just way too much. Mm -hmm. And I think just going back to using like a natural herbal, like just something from the earth that you're using um, to assist someone, whether it be in the world of hospice or people who are struggling with their mental health, um, that we're not using or relying, or people are beginning to not rely so much on the pharmaceutical world. And we have a seven-year-old son who's quite the gardener and has become very active in growing psilocybin. Oh, my goodness. And so I think there's going to be quite the market out there now <laughs> for his products. Uh, but, no, he loves gardening, right? Obviously not psilocybin. He's not mm-hmm. growing shrimps. Uh, but he loves growing veggies and stuff like that. And I love how – I don't know really how to put this into a consistent theme – but this sense of like people getting more and more in touch with what they're consuming. Mm-hmm. And this idea that in the past, you know, we don't know where our food comes from. We don't know where our medicine comes from. And I love this kind of gentle shifts you're seeing as people are like, we're not really in touch with the world at all. All these other cultures have kind of always known it. Um, but we've been so focused on quote unquote progress and dominating and controlling and all this kind of stuff. We've never really learned how to live in harmony with things. Yeah. And so I love seeing shifts like this, like this simple natural plant can help people alleviate existential pain. You were saying right before we got on air, I mean, about, um, it wasn't the Amazon rainforest, was it? It was the Costa Rica. Costa Rica, yeah. Yeah, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, they were saying that uh, there's some prediction that over 80% of the cures for all existing diseases could be possibly found in the biodiversity of Costa Rica's rainforest. And I thought that was an insane stat mm-hmm. as we destroy the rainforest. Yeah, I was going to say, not uh, to get too depressing, but mm-hmm. how soon are we to just... Not have any of these things. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's tough to think about. But then, uh, sorry, I think I just cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. But then, even uh, people usually will argue, oh well, modern medicine versus traditional medicine, the life expectancy is higher. But when you look at the groups of people with the highest life expectancies today in the world, it's a lot of communities in East Asia Mm -hmm. that reject a lot of this modern medicine and have their own ways of going about it. There's a small community in Italy. I think uh, it reminds me of. Yeah, Sardinia, or sardines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, they have a lot of steps in that town, and they have a very strong community. Have you bond. been watching that uh, Blue Zone uh-uh. documentary? They talk about all that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't, but I will look into that as well. But they were just saying that all these communities have all these different positives that impact their life so much greater than modern medicine. Mm-hmm. And then you look at life expectancy in the U.S., where modern medicine is probably at the forefront, we're getting to 70, 80 years mm-hmm. old, maybe. And these communities are getting to 90 plus mm-hmm. on average. One of the things that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that I've been trying to do more at home is actually using more like natural remedies <laughs> for like colds and just different things for in- like inflammation as opposed to relying so heavily. She brewed up. I mean, when I first got the old bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. Minus the garlic that was in it. but <laughs> She was making me this tea. And like something in it just tasted like dead moldy socks. And so it was, was garlic. We started playing around with the different ingredients. It was the garlic. Interesting. So it's like turmeric. The rest um, of it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we extracted the garlic. Cayenne pepper. What was, ginger, uh, ginger. Green tea. Honey. Yep. So I, I love this. I mean, the three of us are kind of in different fields um, professionally, but I love how each of these fields tends to be pointing in this direction mm-hmm. and saying, I think we may have overstepped. Do you know why we got rid of psilocybin testing in the first place? Why? The religious right. 
Oh, interesting. So back when the Vietnam War happened, um, the conservatives were very concerned about what they considered anti-American sentiment in terms of pulling out of the war and the hippie movement and all that kind of stuff. And part of it that they saw fueling this was the use of things like LSD, mushrooms. And so that's why when they all became Schedule One drugs and controlled. Wow. And um, and a lot of people, I think, are starting to do, I guess, which would still be the same as shrooms, right? Like the microdosing to help manage depression. And I can't remember if you told me this or maybe a doctor or something was telling you, like, people can take... Some like, other doctor other than Dr. Ben. Like, small doses, like, just... Um, they like where someone may have to take an SSR daily for anxiety, or particularly for depression. And they may go a year and may take like have two doses of shrooms and they're good. Interesting. And they don't yeah, have to take medication. That was in the article, I think, too, mm-hmm. that when you do do psilocybin, though, that I think we're confusing micro and macro dosing, though, but like that's when you just take a full amount once or twice a year. Mm hmm. Okay. And so this place in Oregon, is it a microdosing type therapy that they're doing or is it like a full trip? And did then, you not read the bloody article? I did not at all. And then my follow-up <laughs> question would be, what if someone has a bad trip? Does it like reverse? Well, in the article, it talks about like you, like there are some people that will have um, strong emotional reactions mm-hmm. to what's happening. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so as long as they're there to kind of guide mm-hmm. and, and do mm-hmm. it through mm-hmm. correct parameters. So you're there mm-hmm. with a practitioner. And then uh, Michael Pollan's new series on Netflix where he goes through, I think it's called like How to Change Your Mind. Mm -hmm. And the book was fascinating if anyone interested in these topics. But he um, shows through the documentary people taking shrooms um, in medical environments. And he does it in other countries um, and just shows how they're cared for, how they're looked after through the process. So for people interested in that, I would check that out. And I think in that documentary, they show people with uh, varying um, things that they're trying to work through, whether it be PTSD, OCD. I think there's different mental health issues. Um, and there were, I think, a, pra- a therapist there and like a practitioner. And they just kind of sat with them and kind of walked them through this trip. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think people should check out the Michael Pollan stuff. Check out the book, How to Change Your Mind. There's articles everywhere mm-hmm. about this stuff right now. Um, but what gets in the way and what got in the way in the 60s and the 70s was people having this very strong kind of weaponized morality mm-hmm. against it. And I think for anyone who, and I, I, can't, um, I think for anyone who's had to deal with medication um, through a psychiatrist uh, or any type of psychotropic medication is that it's, it is trial and error. You know, and I've had clients who've just been like, Jimmy, so I'm not doing it anymore. Like they just stopped taking meds, though they really need it because they're like, one, it works for a little while, then it stops. Or they have just spent so much time um, taking various forms of medication and it's just not been effective. Or in the beginning, it messes them up mm-hmm. and dysregulates their sleep and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they never kind of follow through with taking mm-hmm. the recommended And so course. they just quit. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think that this will, hopefully this will grow outside of Oregon and even outside of, I'm just really surprised even with MUSC, um, just in South Carolina, being able to do this and trying to get things approved through the FDA, that it grows and it expands. Because, um, yeah, I, I think this is, if it is, if they're able to do this and they make it something that is more mainstream, it will be of such great benefit to so many people. But imagine, like, I, I get these pictures of the future, right? So you go for your annual medical checkup, and they're like, would you like a dose of, <laughs> of psilocybin today while mm-hmm. you're here? And they have a little psilocybin room. Mm-hmm. And so for people who have anxiety, depression, existential pain, PTSD, whatever, 
and it may help with you know once a year they get their dose of that mm-hmm. while they're getting their blood levels checked and everything else and um i i, I continually find that humans make things so damn complicated mm-hmm. and that there's some really simple answers out there for a lot of the things that we struggle with but what i um the article that I read from through MUSC, I thought was fascinating. Is a substance use dis- substance use disorder um, about the fact that that they have been able to use this for someone who is struggling with addiction, and yeah. it's been effective. Like you know, just I mean, years Think upon years. Yes, that yeah. these people who really are trying to like beat this addiction or beat this issue, and they can't do it. And we're gonna start sounding like our friend Miss Deb, but. Um, have you seen the documentary about um, the Sackler family? Yep. You, I, have you watched it. I haven't seen it. I've just seen clips of it. The what family? The who family? Yeah. The Sackler family. I think we both watched the Hulu series as well. The ones that created the opioids. Oh, and, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And so they come up with this drug. They peddle it in this very mm-hmm. capitalist way. Mm-hmm. And people are fine with that. But then you talk about psilocybin and people are freaking the hell out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I, that's something I've been working on with myself a lot too. This kind of unfounded skepticism that mm-hmm. we have where we pretend to be logical or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like these days I'm very receptive to the idea. Oh, yeah. When you're grounding, try to literally put your feet on the ground. I think mm-hmm. two years ago I would have been like, why would I ever do that? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me, whatever. Mm-hmm. But all these things have existed for years and mm-hmm. years and years. And we don't even question mm-hmm. Why does it exist in the first place? Why shoot it down before trying it? Exactly. If I tried that, the worst case scenario, I got dirty feet for no reason. Right, right. right. Best case scenario, I could feel much better. And mm-hmm. so it's like, And you talk about the placebo effect all the uh-huh. time and how effective the placebo yes. effect is. Mm-hmm. And like, so why don't we just become more curious about mm-hmm. trying these things that may be not as harmful? Exactly. We need to have a mindfulness um, portion of our show because it's funny you talked about the grounding thing. I told, um, I was telling Ben that there are some mornings I will go outside and you talk about grounding mm-hmm. and I will literally go and like put my feet like just in the grass. Like I'll mm-hmm. just go outside barefoot and I'm like, I'm just going to stand here for a little bit just to regulate my nervous system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, days I forgot to pick up the dog poop. It's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but At 6 a.m. when I can't mm-hmm. see anything. Yeah. A little problematic. Are you ready to switch topics a little bit? Sure. Okay, I mean, you're on TikTok some, right? Not really. A little. So there's this thing on TikTok, and I want to frame it right, because how it's framed in the news article is so different from my experience. But in the news article, it talks about how all men are being asked on TikTok about the Roman Empire. And how often <laughs> they think that. about the Roman Empire. Is this on I've never I haven't seen this. It ain't come across my feed feed. So basically white women is all I've ever seen go up to their white husband. And say, how often do you think about the Roman Empire each day? And then the women are surprised about how often the they men actually think, actually about, think it? about it. Yep. Really? It's like and a whole alpha male thing, I think. And so there was this article, um, I think it was on Australia Sky News or something, about why that is. And it's because men back then could be male and macho. Mm-hmm. And so for men, it's like this haven to fantasize <laughs> about. But what I found interesting about this whole article was once again... And this is male-dominant BS. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Am I going to be able to finish this story? Go ahead. I Maybe in the Roman it. Empire you could. You could have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that, once again, they say all men when they mean white men. And when they say all women, they mean white women. And so I've seen some really funny TikToks where a black woman will go up to her, her black husband and be like, hey, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? He's like, Never. But yet we always kind of like when mm-hmm. we have these themes in white life, 
we don't recognize how insulated our culture may be and the other coaches don't have the same experience or the same locus of control. And I think our language around these topics is so important. Like, why don't we ever say all European-American men think about the Roman Empire? Yeah, I think I, I agree with you on that one. Right. But if we put things like that on TikTok, what happens? Nothing. They get upset. They start flipping out. Do what not you, call me a European-American. Um, I am just a man. I'm mm. just American. But all other groups then get subdivided. Mm-hmm. And so it's this really interesting dissonance, maybe just interesting to to people like Amin and I, mm-hmm. but where people just constantly generalize the white experience to a point where white people think other people are actually having the same, the, the same experience. Yeah. And so if you do think about the Roman Empire a lot, like consider this. Like, how did I even learn about it in the first place? What about it hooked my attention? Like, how did I get caught up in this Roman Empire um, trend? And I think it's just really interesting. Those Ask me, have I thought about the Roman Empire? Dear Jamisa, how often each day do you think about the Roman Empire? Zero. I didn't even know about this shit until y'all told me. <laughs> how far north in England did the Roman Empire expand? That, I don't know. Hmm. What war prevented them going further? I think when I was taught about this in school, I'm sure I checked out. Yeah. Because I'm just like, why the hell do I care about this Mm-hmm. You tune what back I do in for happen, the, uh, what I do know is at some point, all of this resulted in me being in the United States or my ancestors being here against their will. You're welcome. <laughs> my God. Is this where our podcast gets banned? Yes. Yeah, probably. All right. So <laughs> moving forward, any more comments? I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts about that? No, same thing as what Jamisa just said. Just do you think about experience. the Roman empire much? Is it taught much? No. In Algerian culture? No. That's one of my rants, too, <laughs> is uh, anytime we talk about philosophy, guess what the philosophers they bring up are? Greek. Like, the mm-hmm. only people that could think are these Greek, Greek and Roman God, yeah. philosophers. Yeah. And no one else can possibly come up with a profound explanation mm-hmm. of life. Here, everything else is this person's religious views or whatever. No, there's philosophers in the East. There's philosophers in North Africa and the Middle East, everywhere. Biggest library was where? Yeah, Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Guess what the white people did with that? Burnt it down. Twice. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. To They're me. like, yeah, if they find out in future generations that the biggest mm-hmm. library was, it's going to look really bad for our yeah. white supremacy culture. So we're going to go ahead and burn it down. Literally, yeah. And so, and I remember when I used to learn about history in class, I'd go home, start telling my parents oh my about gosh. the history that I learned. And they tell me all about how that's not real history. And this is mm-hmm. their version of events. And this is who really created navigation. Mm-hmm and the compass and algebra and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I was learning about how much a math um, evolved in the Middle East, mm-hmm. like in places yep. like Iraq and mm-hmm. Iran. Can you imagine if they taught kids in school that these days, how yep. people would flip out? Exactly. Like, something good came from the Middle East? No, mm-hmm. not possible. What is interesting is I was talking, my daughter brought up um, – Christopher Columbus. I don't. It was just mm. a random conversation, but interesting about her take on it and like how. But even the teacher's take was fairly skillful. It was very skillful. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised. And did she say she learned it this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they talked about how like he really wasn't the founder. That he was kind of lost, and he did it just to gain glory. And, mm-hmm. and like she talked about, um, my daughter was saying like they. I guess she learned about how they. 
I think it was maybe perceived that like he there wasn't anyone here, and she was like, no, there were Native Americans here, and like, and she's like, they, you know, our daughter talked about how they were killed, how they were sold into slavery, and I was I was really taken aback. I was surprised about like that they're actually teaching these kids this in school. So I'm happy, mm-hmm. happy that's happening. But you see it again, right? Like those three trees of change: that emotional fragility. Mm-hmm which leads to seeing things inaccurately, which then leads to unskillful behavior. Mm -hmm. But it all comes back to like, people cannot just regulate their emotions enough to be curious. I don't, I think that because it then, all the things that you learn, all the things that we were learned, especially when I was in school, um, they people have to, it has to be retaught. Mm -hmm. I think it's admitting that there is just all kind of inaccuracy that was in you know, that the teachers were teaching, that our parents taught us, um, our white parents were teaching their kids, like all of it was just wrong. And like, and I think going back to like these candidates that we see who are running, um, are trying to run for president, like they want to, they want things to go back. And I think we talked about this last mm-hmm. episode, like they would much rather like us to not use critical thinking and not use um, the access that we have to the internet mm-hmm. to actually learn some stuff. It's yeah. like, you know what, stay on these things on, you know, different various social media sites um, that would just perpetuate what they already are trying to spew out to us. Exactly. So Yesenia just joined us uh, live via TikTok. She was telling me one day on a phone call how much she appreciated your voice on the uh, podcast, Jamisa. And so I reminded her that Amin and I are also on the podcast. We did not get the same compliment. Dang. <laughs> Society's just so hard on men these days. Oh, mm. good gracious. So difficult. Mm-hmm. Oh, she just gifted us for that. Well, thank you very much for the rose. <laughs> but even like my, my last thing with the history. Like, thank you for the rose. Thank you for the rose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, like the bubonic plague, right? They made it sound like the entire world suffered from that. Mm-hmm. It was just the Europeans that didn't wash their hands. Mm-hmm. The, the North Africans were fine. Middle East was fine. Even parts of Russia were fine mm-hmm. because they washed but their we hands. we weren't taught it happened just mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. They said the bubonic plague, the dark ages, everyone was mm-hmm. in dark ages. Mm-hmm. Why, why did the Native Americans die so quickly? Yeah, you guys brought all these diseases, mm-hmm. right? Even before you chose to become violent, right? So, yeah, it's just so much that they... And that still happens in our house. Mm-hmm. Like, you wash your hands a lot more than I do, Jamisa. <laughs> Like, why would and you so even admit that? I tend to bring a lot more germs and infections into the okay. home. Hence, you having to go to the doctor today because you were sick. I got the bronchitis. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're saying hand washing would decrease my chances of getting bronchitis? Anyways. And, and sanitary bathroom techniques, that was all going on. Like uh, hand, foot, mouth disease. I'm yeah. sure it was not an actual, that's not what it was termed then. But mm. yeah, you're right. Like Cholera that kind of stuff. is very mm. prevalent in these countries. But can you imagine, right, if they were taught this during learning about the dark ages and the plague hey this didn't happen in these other countries that had better hygiene mm-hmm. like can you see how that would even shift this view that uh, white people just have of themselves well they look at us like we have no hygiene so i think this is why this is a pressing thing for uh, you me. mean like um like like if they were in algeria it like yeah like well, the way they talk about africa mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. first of all africa is not a country Right. And then they talk about Africa like it's a country and one culture or whatever. Right. And they always are like, look at how they use the bathroom. Like in Algeria, you have like these two foot pads and a hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's how you go. 
And now, suddenly, all these rich people in Hollywood, whatever, what are they doing with their toilets? They're getting elevated foot pads, whatever, so that they could go. It's better alignment for yourself. It's better to mm-hmm. get whatever's out of your intestine cleanly and whatever. And so they told us, oh, we're unclean because we do. I put my feet on the wall <laughs> in front of me just to get some real leverage. Oh, my God. Well, go well, ahead, yeah, Amin. But I remember I What's told your medical people, take on that, Amin? <laughs> Will you shut up? <laughs> Sometimes the ceiling, if I go really Go ahead, Amin. Why are you works. interrupting him? I'm about to knock you out. But, yeah, I remember sharing this with people in, in my school, and they were like, oh, you guys are so dirty. And I was like, okay, if you say so. But, yeah, they, they would always criticize our hygiene mm-hmm. techniques, and they have this view that they're much cleaner and better off than all these. Same with medicine, right? We mm-hmm. have the better medicine. Why would we listen to you guys? And then you give them all this evidence, and it's like, yeah, your evidence doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well. I'm thinking about when I poop in the woods. <laughs> no, you know, like how yeah. you hang onto a branch and try to get as low poop. as possible? Yeah. No, I've never done that before. Yeah, well, I recognize we've had different lifestyles up to this point. Are you ready to switch topics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from pooping. All right. Next news article. Um, this one... I'm not sure if you guys will understand why I brought it up, but crocodiles nope. saved this. Don't dra- don't don't understand why you brought it up. I haven't even finished. I haven't shared. That's for all the I listeners. heard was crocodile. Crocodiles saved a drowning dog when typically they just eat them, and scientists who watched the video of this feel like they connected to the dog's suffering and acted out of empathy. The alligator so crocodiles are. Crocodiles, yeah. First of all, calling crocodiles alligators, have you no shame? I don't. <laughs> you sound like the kind of person who would refer to Africa as a country. <laughs> so, um, it, here's my take on this, and here's why I struggle with it. Humans act so effing superior, like their brain is the only brain built for empathy and social connection. How do they think these animals survive? Without empathy. Good point. Without operating as a group. And then we're surprised when we see it in action. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, that animal may have emotions. Of course the f***ing animal has some emotions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's part of the survival mechanisms. And I think we undervalue it in our own functioning. We talk about that on this show all the time. Like, we don't give our emotional life the significance that it plays in our decision-making. So if I'm like, Jamisa, why did you make that decision? Well, logically, Ben, blah, 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 blah. Rather than, I guess that's how my emotions aligned. But you know what's funny? I will tell my clients that. Like, we'll talk about, like, decisions they've made or whatever's happening in their life. And I was like, you know that decision was an emotional decision. They're like, no, it wasn't. It's like, you really, like, I have to, like, really go through and explain, you know, when we'll talk about, like, things that they purchase, a home, I think, is a good example, or a car. And it's like, you didn't buy that home because you thought it had the perfect square footage and exact bedrooms. Like, there are millions of homes that have the same thing, but it was because how you emotionally felt. And, like, when you have, like, had to give, provide so many examples of where they thought they made a logical decision when in fact it was very it was quite emotional that yeah we we i think we minimize that in such a great deal like everything i think brains whether they be animal or human they start with those survival mechanisms like blood flowing body temperature all that kind of stuff then you had the emotional wraparound and then different animals develop different level of cognitive abilities on top of that but this whole idea that humans look at animals with this kind of condescending, mm-hmm. like, do you think the crocodiles had empathy? Yes. How do you think they mm-hmm. raise little babies? 
How do you think they just don't eat them? Interesting. And so I'm, I'm always shocked. Like, I love these books that come out and talk about the emotional lives of animals. But I'm also so shocked by this, like, need for humans to see themselves as so separate. But it, it, even while you say that, we treat our dogs like they're human. Like, mm-hmm. we see where they are very emotional, but we don't see it outside of a dog or a cat. Interesting, yeah. So, like, we talked about this on last week's episode, I think. Like, why do we pet dogs and eat cows? Mm-hmm. Because mm, we emotionally connect with dogs, and w- cows have a very robust know, emotional we, life. Pigs we had a cow. Very robust. Remember, we had a cow when we lived Old out in the country. Mason. You didn't like Bessie. him. Jamisa hated him because she thinks less of bovines. I did not think less of him. He just would not freaking listen to he me. He was so loving. But all so he wanted to do was feel some connection, which Jamisa denied him. It was cute. Like Ben, like uh, would walk around our property, and he would just follow him around like a puppy. Okay, like a five hundred pound puppy. I must experience this. (laughs) Yeah, we need to move out. We need to get more farmland. I'd like another pet cow. Oh, so we adopted Mason the cow to a family that had like crazy, like just like uh, acreage of land. And they would send us videos and pictures occasionally. And so Mason would be out like walking trails in the wood. And like he was drinking a beer. Like they just, <laughs> he was like the, their he son's pet. He would be pet. in their Christmas parade each year. Yeah. So the, awesome. the town he moved to had a Christmas parade and the son would ride Mason through the parade. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But yeah, so I think going back to the mushroom conversation and everything else, I think there's a need for humans to stop the separation from mm-hmm. the natural world, to stop thinking of themselves as quite so special. But if we stop doing that, if we actually start doing this, we would all be vegetarians. <gasps> Not only that, like, vegan. I think as you just do this in general, I think you hit more of a balance. Mm-hmm. Well, true. You may not necessarily be a vegetarian, but you may have a balance. You're right. Albert Einstein always talked about this idea we have of separation in the universe is such an optical illusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he called it like optical delusion or mm-hmm. something like that. But like this idea that we're not all connected, we're not, we don't have these very similar patterns. Um, but anyway. That's so me. interesting. Do you think we're less logical than animals? The more I think about it, the more they kind of just do what needs to happen. I and, think so. And just act and, and do that. We over conflate everything we do. Yeah, I do remember some scientists talking about how we probably suffer more. Yeah. And then we think the animals are suffering at times mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and that superiority helps us cope with that, maybe. Mm-hmm. We had that conversation recently because a dog wasn't eating. Yeah, that, I was just about to use that example. And I'm like, Jimmy's just give him a couple of days, he'll go back to eating. If he is sick, he's not going to get hung up on it. Mm-hmm. He's not going to like mope around the house like your husband does. <laughs> he's just going to be sick. And, and he was fine, yeah. But like he was just um, late to kind of get up in the morning because it's our great Dane. Um, and he does sleep in like he'll sleep in like a human. Like we'll wake him up around 630 or so. And like he is annoyed. <laughs> We're waking him up. So he just would not get up out of his bed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's suffering. And it was like, he's not like we all know if he if he's suffering because he was barking at people. Mm-hmm. He was like, he's not suffering. All right. So the last topic I have for you all today and once again, I, I should have brought some political ones. I didn't bring any political ones. I know this week. is all centered around like nature, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What about this? Is the last it's one? Mm-hmm. Oh, we but, had Deb with the dino thing, and mm-hmm. we went <laughs> from that to shrooms. Yeah. Uh, this one, my take on this is a bit different than the other ones. So a guy in Australia likes to go surfing, and he takes with him his pet python. Okay, that's just silly. Now his pet python 
swims in the water. Oh, hell no. Wait, wait. I got to tell the whole story because I think otherwise it's going to create some confusion and comes back to him. Now, he is being fined. He's not being fined because people are afraid of his python or anything. That sounds bad. <laughs> python or anything like that. In case you're wondering about my maturity level, it's like fifth grade. Um, he's being fined because they believe the water is too cold for the python. Shut up. That's what? the reason why they find him? Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. So w- What? So here's what went through my brain as I read this article. I'm like, this dude's white. <laughs> like only white people take their effing animals everywhere with them and have a need for the animals to Please become part of their identity. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> as long as that's not the twist. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, and so that's that was my take on this is like, what is it with white people who kind of have this such cognitive distance between this animal is part of my extended identity, but all other animals aren't? We're all other humans even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know people are going to get on the thing and be like, it's not just white people, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Sure. In my experience, whenever uh, Whenever you go to like a brewery or a restaurant and there's a bunch of dogs fighting <laughs> and trying to tear each other apart and the owner's always like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, doesn't normally behave like mm-hmm. this. <laughs> You're like, you know, they're going to be some white owners. But who, like, I am so confused about like the fine of like you are putting a python in the ocean where other people are surfing and swimming and like no one is like, don't do this, like lock them up something but it's because the water is too cold for mm-hmm. the snake you think it's a passive aggressive move they're like we don't want to tell him to get your snake out of the water but <laughs> hey this is unhealthy <laughs> maybe they were afraid the python would shrink <laughs> i can't you done with this conversation jamisa i mean find that funny That's yeah because it's like do you think the guy has to explain to people like no no normally he's a lot bigger <laughs> I can't. All right. Today. So, Jamisa, what did you learn from today's podcast? That dinos, apparently, according to Dev's theory, <laughs> didn't exist, but th- they were giant humans. That's what I learned. Like, I, could you imagine what that would look like? Like, a, a, I don't know, 12 foot, so 14. I was having a conversation with Dev the other day. Maybe it's a few weeks back now. I'm like, you know, Deb, you're like one of the smartest people I know. And you say some of the dumbest shit. And she's like, she's like, you know what's funny, Ben? I've always thought the same about you. <laughs> I'm like, this is probably why we're friends. Yeah, probably. Human, giant humans. And I have a bone to pick with you, Jamisa. She says you've been supporting uh, these theories. Now, there are some theories that like I, I can roll with her on, you know. But it's critical thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the harmful habits you think we addressed in today's episode of the Harmful Habits Podcast? I think critical thinking, like being able to slow down and to think outside of what... critical thinking takes what? Being able to... Emotionally regulate. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk as a culture about being human and this kind of stuff, we always think logic means emotionless. Mm-hmm. And to me, the first step in using logic is regulating your emotions. Mm-hmm. Like paying attention to that first. And so if I say to a mean, like, hey, have you ever thought about this? If he has an emotional reaction to that, he has to be able to manage the emotions before he can even be curious about the topic. Mm-hmm. Think about the dinosaur thing. Like, first thing that comes up for me is like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Rather than, huh. 
And then if we explore the evidence together, obviously we can all come to our own conclusions. Bet yeah. there were dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah there's, the definitely, there's definitely dinosaurs. Um, I think the other thing is about um, using more uh, natural remedies for cold things from like a common cold I wouldn't to, say to use them because that's like direction i would say being curious about curious mm-hmm. yeah the sure. possibilities of it mm-hmm. like you having that emotional regulation to be like because a lot of that stuff is going to be bull- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i think that's true of all of this stuff yep. right yeah is like if we go into it like oh natural remedies are now good now we start applying all of them like what does deb talk about putting potatoes in socks oh uh, for a cold mm-hmm. you ever heard that one of me oh for what you put sliced potatoes and put them in a sock, a white sock, and then you put your feet in them if you have a really bad cold. So that's interesting because I just recently read something about, uh, or maybe Kathy was telling me about it, uh, this therapy where depending on what's going on with you, they'll press on a different part of your foot or focus on a different part mm-hmm. of your foot. And it's said to alleviate that pain in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, initially I probably would have rejected, but if it works for somebody... Then it works. Yeah, I don't know. I've That's tried acupuncture before. How? What was your? You and I have both tried it, right? And I had. I didn't notice an effect, and you did. Mm-hmm. So like I was less, and it was for anxiety, but I found it myself to be less anxious. Interesting. I mm-hmm. used it for pain, and but I think my brain and your uh-huh. brain are kind of similar. I mean, like unless it has a big effect, uh-huh. I don't think I notice it. Yeah. yeah. And I think Jamise is more likely to notice smaller effects, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. probably makes her brain more accurate more when it comes emotionally to emotionally intelligent, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. with stuff like that. So definite. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's actually what made me start questioning why I doubt so many things because I found myself going, ah, what would I ever do acupuncture specifically? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but it's ancient, right? People have been doing it for so long. And I feel like if it just didn't work, it would have disappeared with time. But I it think hasn't, about how many though, things but would have died out. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, you know what? Maybe it's decent. And so I started looking into that and I looked into a million other things and I was like, so I know nothing. And <laughs> you talk conclusion. about this. I mean, like so many of our medications are placebo mm-hmm. effect anyway. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if acupuncture is just placebo effect, at least it's yep. not putting chemicals exactly. in your body. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, it's very interesting to consider. So we are going to switch the podcast time, right, to Thursdays, mm-hmm. 12.15? Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you join us live, just join us Thursdays, 12.15 in future moving forward. Uh, we got the merch in the shop these days. Feel free to go pick up your merch. The uh, link should be in the bio, whatever you're looking at right now. And um, anything else before we hang up today? I think that's it. Buy some merch. (laughs) Everyone have a great day. (laughs) Bye.